You're listening to the Quince podcast. In a video that went viral on social media on 22nd August, a Muslim man named Taslim Ali who sells bangles was brutally beaten up and allegedly robbed by a group of men in Madhya Pradesh's Indore. In the video he can be seen being repeatedly slapped and threatened. The mob is also using derogatory words and asking him not to sell in a quote and quote Hindu area. Just 2 days before the incident in Indore, a similar incident occurred in Rajasthan's Ajmer where a Muslim man who apparently came to beg alms was assaulted by another man. In the video the assailant can be heard telling the beggar to quote and quote go back to Pakistan. And in another similar incident in Kanpur, a Muslim e-rickshaw driver was thrashed by a mob and allegedly forced to chant Jai Shri Ram while being paraded through a crowd. Though incidents like the one in Indore, Ajmer and Kanpur may seem isolated, they are actually a part of a larger campaign for the economic boycott of Muslim vendors in the country. In this episode, we will analyze how these hate crimes are part of a larger campaign scripted not just by local Hindu activists but by religious leaders and politicians as well. For this, we spoke to Muhammad Asif Khan, an activist who documents hate crime against Muslims, and my colleague Abhilash Malik, a fact checker for Webkoof, the Quinn's fact checking initiative. You're tuned in to the Big Story, the podcast where we dissect the headline-making news for you, and I'm your host, Imad. Cases of hate crimes against Muslims have been on the rise since 2009, according to an Indusman report. The report states that 90% of the religious hate crimes since 2009 occurred after 2014, the victims being predominantly Muslim and the perpetrators Hindus. Over the past few years as well, we have seen a rise in conspiracies being coined against Muslims like land jihad, love jihad, and the latest being corona jihad. and the majority of these incidents are captured in hindi belt states like uttar pradesh and bihar but are now also spreading across india let's take the case of taslim ali who was brutally beaten up by a mob in indore for allegedly using a fake hindu name while selling bangles according to an indian express report the men in the video robbed ali of rupees 10000 in cash and bangles worth rupees 25000 a ndtv report stated that taslim was being beaten up for allegedly harassing women on the reason of selling bangles on the occasion of raksha bandhan The report states that Ali had two Aadhaar cards in his possession and a voter ID card that had different names on it. One being reportedly a Hindu name. The police have so far arrested four people in the mob attack. It is also important to note that Ali was also slapped with an FIR after a minor came forward accusing him of allegedly acting inappropriately with her. Now, in a case similar to the Indore incident on 10th August, members of a fringe Hindu outfit conducted a drive at Uttar Pradesh's Muzaffarnagar urging people to not allow muslim men to apply henna on the hands of hindu women saying that they will indulge in quote unquote love jihad in delhi's uttamnagar a muslim fruit vendor was brutally beaten by a group chanting jai shri ram on 18 june just 2 days later hindu activists were spotted blocking a busy road to protest against muslim fruit vendors later on the same day activists and local shopkeepers recited the hanuman chalisa in the middle of the road in a display of quote unquote hindu unity Muhammad Asif Khan an activist who documents hate crimes against Muslims in India says that hate crimes against Muslim vendors are not isolated incidents but are actually a part of a larger organized campaign to target this section of the society yeah okay so uh, i don't not i don't believe that these are uh, isolated incidents because uh, if we go back into the past and we dig out some history of uh, hindu ideology 
then we would come to know that they always find out some kind of excuses to persecute Muslims in this country. Like uh, before 2014 election, we have seen there how they have started creating the narrative of uh, Lao Jihad. Lao Jihad was a narrative even before 2014 general election. So first they started with Lao Jihad and uh, then, then they invented some new terminology like land jihad and uh, uh, now they are talking about uh, that ready jihad or, or something like that. So this, this fascist ideology have this kind of tendency that they create, first they create some kind of imaginary danger from persecuted community. They create some imaginary enemies and they find new excuses to persecute them more. So Lao Jihad was the first step, then land jihad happening. They, they are talking about land jihad as well, where they are claiming that Muslims uh, often encroach some uh, Hindu temple and their land and Sarkari government land, and they build their mazar, their shrine, their mosque over there. And now they are talking about this religion. In fact, last year we have seen how uh, someone coined a terminology like Corona Jihad. It was coined by, uh, you know, the propagandist journalist. Uh, those people actually do not deserve to be called journalists, but uh, they are journalists, unfortunately. And this such kind of terminology was coined. So I believe these incidents are not isolated because if if, if they were isolated, then I. I I can assume that one person might have said something in remote area of the India. One person might have said something in South India or North India, but it's happening everywhere across the nation. And those people believing in that kind of propaganda, those people propagating that propaganda, that narrative, they are not one or two in numbers. They are actually thousands, thousands, hundreds, millions actually. Those people who believe, those people who propagate such propaganda, on WhatsApp, on social media. These propaganda are not limited to social media only. We have seen recently, uh, there were Hindu Mahapanchayat in uh, Haryana, Mewat, where they, they also talk about such kind of things and uh, they shoot venom against Muslim and openly talk about the murder or lynching of Muslim. So, and those people who were the speakers who always uh, talk uh, in front of uh, hundreds of people, thousands of people. They are not some, you know, uh, gunda. They, they are the popular people. They have their own fan following and they are uh, office bearer of uh, Hindu organization. There, there are many various groups in India who follow Hindu ideology. So they they belong to the group. They are um, Mahamantri or some Jila Panchayat Mantri or something like that. They have and they are affiliated to BJP as well. There are so many people who are directly affiliated to BJP and they have made uh, such kind of remarks in the past which are which should be considered uh, as uh, hate speech in, in a fair and just democracy. So these kind of things are basically, they, they, they are using it to target Muslims. The, the target, they target physically as well and then they target financially as well. Now, despite overwhelming evidence that crimes against Muslim vendors are motivated by religious hate, the accused in these cases go free. Let's take the Kanpur case for example, where a Muslim e-rickshaw driver was assaulted by a group of men and was paraded through a crowd as they allegedly forced him to chant Jai Shri Ram. The accused was charged under Section 147 for rioting, 504 for intentional insult with intent to provoke breach of peace, and 506 criminal intimidation of the Indian Penal Code. But all of these sections are bailable sections of the IPC, 
now in the IPC, there are also specific sections for religion-based hate crimes, such as Section 153A, which lays down the punishment for promoting enmity between different groups on grounds of religion, race, caste and community, and Section 295A, which deals with deliberate and malicious acts intended to outrage religious feelings of any class by insulting its religion or religious beliefs. But more often than not, these sections are not used, especially in the latest incident of hate speech at Jantar Mantar. Mr. Khan believes that the lack of laws on mob lynching in India gives way for such incidents to occur repeatedly, with the accused getting bailed just a few days after the event. There are certainly less of uh, the lack of laws in India because uh, I believe in 2018, I don't remember the exact year, but Supreme Court of India had said that these are the guidelines against mob lynching and this should be implemented across the nation. And I, I believe it was responsibility of central government and state government as well. There are few states in India, I think in my opinion, they, ha they have created uh, their own anti-lynching uh, anti laws. But most of the most of the states do not have any kind of specific laws uh, against mob lynching. So the government, whether central government or state government, failed to make such strong law against. Like they have created many laws, like the triple talaq laws or uh, the the law jihad laws or so many things. Why did not they create such kind of law which are against mob violence or mob lynching? So I believe there are. There are positive laws that we do not have strong laws against mob lynching. Or even if do we have, we are not implementing it right way that we should, because uh, we we have seen in many cases that uh, police often uh, do not arrest uh, the perpetrators immediately, and even if they do, they uh, they do not uh, invoke a strong section of IPC or uh, some other laws like NSA or such kind of laws are not being used against perpetrators of mob lynching. And uh, that's why they often get bail immediately because the case is weak against them. And in some cases, the government or the, those people who are sitting in government also help those people who were involved in mob lynching. Like uh, uh, in the first tenure of Narendra Modi government, uh, Mr. Jain Sina was union minister. And he garlanded the convicted of mob lynching in uh, Jharkhand. They got bail from high court, I believe it was. They were given bail uh, by the High Court of Jharkhand. When they came out of the jail, uh, they received grand welcome by the Union Minister himself. So if Union Minister is welcoming the convicted criminals of mob lynching, then I believe that state directly uh, supporting them. And th that's why they always escape the law. They, they know uh, nothing will happen to them. They know how they will save themselves from the laws and uh, police action and court as well. And that's why the number of the cases of mob lynching are increasing in the country. Now, these events are not restricted only to the ground. The narrative of hate crimes against Muslim vendors is also being funneled through social media platforms like WhatsApp, Telegram and Facebook. According to a report filed by Webkoof, the Quinn's fact-checking initiative, content relating to hate speech on Muslim vendors are shared on right-wing groups without any context. In one such instance, a 2017 video of BJP MLA Raja Singh was shared on a group on Telegram a few days after the incident in Indore, where Singh can be seen calling for a boycott of Muslim businesses in India. Abhilash Malik from the Quince Webkoof team, who investigated how anti-Muslim narratives are being pushed on these social media platforms, speaks on the kind of content which is shared and the following these groups enjoy. 
uh, Facebook and Twitter are the usual suspects when it comes to online coordination. Uh, there is a Facebook page called Muslimano ka Arthik Bahishkar Kare Hindu Hindu Se Vyapar Kare, which translates to economic boycott of Muslims and Hindu should do business with Hindu. This page has over 6,000 followers. It has uh, photos of vendors who put up saffron flags on their shops to identify themselves as Hindus. Another place where such coordination is uh, taking place is Telegram. Uh, both in both groups and channels. A day after the Bengal Saga was thrashed in Indore, a 2017 video of BJP MLA Raja Singh was shared on a right-wing group on Telegram without any context. In the two-minute video, Singh was seen calling for a boycott of Muslim businesses and claiming that by doing it, Muslims would be forced to convert. The last leg of coordination comes from the far-right news channels like Sudarshan TV. Its editor, Suresh Shohanke, uh, called for an economic boycott of Muslims at a protest in India in March last year. He continued doing so by launching something called as the Boycott Halal campaign on his TV channel. Though incidents against Muslim vendors are not new, they gained more prominence after the Tablighi Jamaat event of March 2020, which got labelled as a Covid super spread event. Now, it is one thing for fringe Hindu groups to spread communal hatred or being involved in cases of hate crime. But it's a bigger deal when elected leaders validate this narrative. One of the first such documented incidents of violence or harassment of Muslim vendors from politicians came in April 2020 in Kanpur, where BJP MLA Bridgebushan Rajput was seen on video harassing a Muslim vendor by asking for his real name and threatening to beat him up if he does not reveal it. When asked why he reprimanded him, the MLA said that many vegetable sellers in Kanpur tested positive for COVID-19 and he was trying to ascertain the identity of the individual. In another incident in April 2020, BJP MLA Suresh Tiwari from Devaria town in Uttar Pradesh was heard saying that quote-unquote, there is no need to buy vegetables from Muslims due to fear of the spread of COVID-19. The BJP MLA reportedly also provided saffron flags to Hindu vendors so that customers can distinguish them from Muslim vendors. However, no police actions were reportedly taken on these politicians. The BJP did, however, issue a show-cause notice to Mr. Tiwari. Discrimination against Muslim vendors has also been called by religious leaders like Swami Anand Swaroop, who at a gathering in Meerut in January 2021 can be heard saying in a video that, quote-unquote, one who reads the Quran becomes a beast, they are no longer human. And that, quote-unquote, if we start boycotting Muslims socially and economically, they will embrace Hinduism. The Meerut police reportedly launched a probe against him three days after the incident. Mr. Asif Khan, who first shared the video of Swami Anand Swaroop on Twitter, speaks on how the campaign for targeting Muslim vendors has become politically motivated over the years, resulting in no action against elected leaders and the fringe groups. Definitely, they are politically motivated because those people who have talked about such things, like last year we were talking about the Bligizamat incident, and there are many BJP leaders, lawmakers, who have issued uh, such kind of, uh, you know, uh, had a speech where they directly blamed the Muslim for the coronavirus pandemic. And uh, there were so many statements were given by various BJP leaders and Hindutva leaders last year. Even uh, the Indian mainstream media has also used that kind of terminology, Corona Jihad, Corona terrorist, Corona bomb, and so many things were said about the Muslim. So if media also involved into this, if uh, law, BJP lawmakers involved into this, then it's definitely politically motivated. And uh, as far as uh, uh, targeting of Muslim, poor Muslim vendors is concerned, there were many cases in India last year. I had uh, uh, documented all the both cases on Twitter. They were targeted in the name of like, uh, they, they were 
being accused of spreading coronavirus deliberately into Hindus. So they were, you know, they were beaten up by the mob wherever they go, whether in they go into a molla or gully or society. People ask their name, show me, the, show me your Aadhaar card, what is your name, are you Muslim? Uh, in one incident happened, I think, in Delhi, uh, where a Muslim vendor was beaten up because his name was Muhammad Salim or something like that. So many such incidents happened, and it happened because of the propaganda was spread by uh, media and the political uh, figure in India. So these are not the isolated incidents. And uh, I, I believe uh, the Sudarshan news channel guy, uh, his name is Suresh Chowanke, he has arranged a meeting in Uttar Pradesh, I think, where he has taken place that uh, Muslims should be boycotted economically. And uh, recently we have seen Narsinghanan Saraswati and many other uh, Hindutva leaders who have issued a statement that do not buy anything from uh, Muslim shop because uh, we, we will do uh, economic financial boycott of the Muslims. And uh, recently a VHP or some other Hindutva organization had taken out really in, in North India uh, where they openly ask for the economic boycott of Muslim shopkeepers. So these are not fringe elements, they are very much mainstream and they have political backing. Otherwise, uh, you see recently on Jantar Mantar, people have shouted uh, anti-Muslim slogan, Golimaro Saloko or something like that happened and no strong action has been taken against them. So definitely they have backing from the state, political backing they have. And uh, uh, as far as uh, uh, these uh, hate speech and are concerned, they have consequences, they have serious consequences on the ground. Because of these speeches, the poor Muslims are being targeted, they are beaten. Recently, in uh, indoor incident where a Bengal seller was beaten up, I believe uh, this is the result of the hate speech where they are saying that, please do not buy anything from Muslims. They are here to uh, trap our women in love and they are here to uh, molest our movement in the name of being business to so keep them away and the kind of action should be taken against such kind of move whether it's indoor or rajasthan or wherever it happens is not satisfactory in my, my opinion because the action police take against them if you compare uh, it with the action which is being taken against the muslim in this country you, you will see the the difference between like muslim are immediately being booked under ufpa NSA, sedition, even for a mere speech, they will invoke UAPA if the uh, victor is the accused is Muslim. But same thing will not happen in case if it is done by Hindu mob. So clearly, it is not only political motivated, but it is discriminatory as well on the basis of uh, religious identity. Through the examples that we have shared in this episode, there is a pattern emerging of a systemic campaign targeting Muslim vendors in India. However, despite the overwhelming evidence, no concrete action has been taken against accused. If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to The Big Story for episodic updates. We're available on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, GeoSavan, and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quint website. And for any feedback, please shoot an email to podcast at thequint.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quint's website and check out our other podcasts.